Oh, what is the upskies, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the GX Hockey Cast. This is episode 45, and oh my goodness, do we ever have an abundance of milestones to talk about this week. I mean, 150-point score in the NHL for the first time since the mid-90s. I was two years old when the last time this happened. We have a 100-point defenseman. That happened before I was even born. So many milestones, like I said. We have an unsung hero coming out of Florida, and we got to take a look at that final race. I mean, the West, the Western Conference race, it's over. But the East, there is still a spot open for grabs. So we're going to take a look at that. Going to talk about the Flames and their disappointing week. And we're going to look at the Maple Leafs and so, so much more. So let's get into this shit. Where do we even begin? I think the best place to begin. Well, actually, just a little side note before we get into the hockey talk. Apologies for not releasing a gamer cast this week. I decided that I was going to back off a little bit this week, let, let the dust settle I had a big week with WrestleMania, the season finale, and all that stuff throughout this week. So I just wanted to kind of relax a little bit with the content, take a little break off from it, and build up a little bit of content so I can kind of get back on track. Lately, it's been not that I'm falling behind, but, um, well, a little bit. Yeah, I'm falling behind a little bit. And I just want to give myself a little bit of space. So I'm trying to get some gamer cast episodes built up and some ideas put into the works and I'm trying to move my my podcasting setup and all this so I'm just kind of working through some things so I'm just holding on to that episode until Monday so apologies won't be having the gamer cast until Monday but it will be that versus episode I've been talking about Ratchet and Clank versus Jack and Daxter so apologies for the delay on that but it's coming it's coming so Let's talk about the 150-point scorer in the NHL. It is Connor McFreakin' David, everybody. I mean, this is insane, okay? This is absolutely bananas. We haven't had a 150-point scorer in the NHL in over 20 years. I mean, almost 30 years. The last guy to do it was Mario Lemieux when he played for the... Well, he always played for the Pittsburgh Penguins, but Mario Lemieux was the last guy to do it, and oh man, I mean, this is really special. This is kind of crazy. This week has been crazy with the milestones. I mean, so many crazy just milestones hit this week. I mean, the Bruins, I mean, we'll get into all that stuff, but Connor McDavid, 150 freaking points, man. Like, wow, what a absolute monstrous season by Connor McDavid, man. Like, what can we say? I mean, 64 goals, 88 assists. Like, oh my god. Like, wow. This guy, he may, we may have to, like, on a fantasy aspect, we may have to talk about, like, maybe Connor McDavid may not be able to get drafted in fantasy pools anymore because, like, he is starting to put up some outrageous numbers. I mean, he had 70 power play points, man. 70 power play points. That's... That's outrageous. That's so many power play points. That's just freaking crazy. And there hasn't been that many 150-point scorers in the history of the NHL. Most of them are belonging to Wayne Gretzky. He had quite a few of those. And a couple 200. Wait. Yeah, he had two or three 200-point seasons anyway. And Mario Mew had a couple. Or he had a few. Steve Yezierman had a 150-plus point season. Uh, Tony Esposito had a 150-point-plus season. 
And there was one really weird one, a guy in Los Angeles, uh, his name uh, avoids my brain right now, but when Wayne Gretzky got to Los Angeles, he and Mr. Sir, who got 150 points, Bernie Nichols, I think, uh, yeah, he had a monstrous season, never hit that number again, but he had a 150 point season, but Connor McDavid doing this, he's the only one to ever hit 150 points in the salary cap era, which is important, I mean... Teams don't get to be as stacked as they used to be back in the old days. You don't have those dynasties of the Montreal Canadiens owning like all the major uh, Quebec Major League players. They had so many good French-Canadian players over there at the time. Edmonton had the dynasty of Wayne Gretzky, the Islanders dynasty. And yeah, we, that just since the salary cap era, we haven't seen a whole lot of that kind of goal scoring. Yarmir Yager was up there at the time kind of early on in the salary cap era when that might have been right before the salary cap era but when he was playing with the New York Rangers he had some pretty good point totals over there I mean Nikita Kucherov's had some 120 point seasons I believe he's been up there Leon Dreisaitl's been around there but Connor McDavid is still like over 20 points ahead of the second place guy which is his teammate Leon Dreisaitl but oh my goodness dude like not only did he smash uh, Matthews goals from last season he's at 66 and again that is the most we've seen in the salary cap era that beats Ovechkin man like that's better than Ovechkin's oh wait no Ovechkin had 65 excuse me Connor McDavid is at 64 my apologies to Ovechkin and I think uh, Stamkos also had a 65 goal season but he had a 60 plus goal season I know that for sure but that puts Connor McDavid in some elite company right here I mean Everyone's kind of dogging on Matthews this year that, oh, he only got 40 goals. Like, what a down season. Like, I don't even care, man. As a Leaf fan, to have a guy uh, scoring 40 goals and that being disappointing, I mean, I'll take that. I'll take that any day of the week. And I know exactly what Matthews is doing. He's kind of pulling the Steve Yazierman card where Stevie Y was on this list. He was a 150-point scorer. And some people might forget that he scored 150 points. It was before... Uh, the Red Wings were winning all their Stanley Cups, and Steve Yzerman, Steve Yzerman, okay, I'll call him by, I just can't stop saying it, it's just so funny, but Steve Yzerman, he used to be an absolute insane point guy, he used to put up insane totals, and then he started becoming a two-way player, he started really becoming a dominant, elite, 200-foot player, and that was the difference of him becoming a Stanley Cup champion, one of the greatest leaders in NHL history, one of the greatest players in NHL history, and I think Matthews, like, we, we've, um, we've compared the story of Detroit's rise out of the dead wing era into the Stanley Cup era of the mid-90s to early 2000s, and then the, just, actually, just their pure dominance for almost 30 years there, they were insane, and Toronto draws a lot of comparisons from that. We're kind of seeing a similar story. These young, very, very talented forwards, but there's still so much to learn and, and so much more to understand when it comes to how much there is, how much it takes to win, how much you have to actually sacrifice. And it's not just about points, and it's not just about that. It's more about the full team effort. It's about 200-foot play. It's about just being on the same page and not being selfish. And I'm not saying that Matthews was selfish, but I mean, I think that there was a little bit more emphasis on him getting 60 goals last season than maybe there was in the importance of the 200-foot game. And that is what Sheldon Keefe has been driving into their heads over the last couple seasons. I mean, the Leafs have put up 
I arguably well their best franchise seasons ever and Sheldon Keefe was still driving it down their throats like you got to do this you got to do that and the players were getting frustrated but I think over the years it's starting to go it's starting to drive home with the players like Sheldon Keefe has always been right I've always been on the same page with Sheldon Keefe ever since the documentary came out on Amazon Prime like I fell in love with Sheldon Keefe like exactly the words that were coming out of his mouth I was like yes that's exactly it and you can see some of the players were annoyed by it because they're like we're playing good we're winning but it's the way that they were winning like you don't want to win games six to four six to five and you needed a three goal like outburst in the second period where you scored two goals in in two minutes like that's not going to happen very often in the playoffs and Sheldon Keefe was trying to drive that message home and more than ever we've seen it with the Leafs this season for me personally like I've noticed it more than ever like yes maybe the Leafs are a little bit more boring to watch this season I mean I haven't over the last couple weeks haven't necessarily watched every single game minute to minute like I usually would be but that's because like the games just haven't mattered for a little while now like we we the Leafs have gotten home ice we know that we're playing Tampa Bay so like yeah I mean I watched the Boston game that was fantastic I caught as much of the Tampa Bay game as I could the Florida game was actually a pleasant surprise that was a really good game but yes I probably won't be watching the New York game tomorrow I'm just I'm ready for playoff time baby but Man, uh, Sheldon Keefe, I mean, the way that he has changed this team over the over the course of this year, I think that loss to Tampa Bay really sent the message home. And I, th- I knew going into that series, like, there's a good chance that they're going to lose, but they are 100% going to get an important lesson out of this. And the same way that I felt when they went into the Washington series, like... Very strong chance that they're going to lose this, but they're going to learn a lot from that series. And I felt that they did, but maybe they got a little bit too confident when they drew the Montreal Canadiens and they drew the Columbus Blue Jackets. And they got spanked, and they had to learn some really, really hard lessons in those series. And the Boston, like, there's lessons learned in every series. There's lessons learned in series that you win. There's lessons learned in series that you lose. But the ones that you lose... Those are the ones that stick with you for a lot longer. And sadly, the Leafs have a lot of of those losing memories that that have been there for a long time. And I'm I'm feeling better than ever that this this series going against Tampa Bay. I'm feeling really good. I don't even know. I got so far off a of track right here. Like I am now talking about the Leafs. I don't even I think I was talking about Connor McDavid, so. Yeah, dude, he's had a great season, Carl McDavid, so good for that guy, he's gonna win the Art Ross, he's gonna win the Hart, he's gonna win a lot of shit, man, he's gonna win the Ted Lindsay, and he deserves it, man, this is immensely, immensely impressive, and... I legitimately, I legitimately think that Connor McDavid could do more. I could see him. Uh, the the argument, the not the argument, but the the question being asked now is: Could Connor McDavid hit two hundred points? And honestly, like, no, I I don't think that he'll ever hit two hundred points. I mean, not because he's not good enough to do it. I just think that's that's just too many points nowadays like that that era is over that era is over like that is Gretzky and Gretzky only I think like Mario Lemieux he should have had a 200 point season he I think he could have had a couple honestly I think Mario Lemieux and Wayne Gretzky would have been the only guys that could have got 200 points Mario you probably know he has that one 199 point season and oh 
that one just hurts, but I know if Mario just didn't have to deal with all the awful health issues that he had throughout his career with the cancer and the back issues, he would have... I feel very strongly that he would have got a 200-point season or more than one under his belt. But no, I don't think Connor McDavid, with the way that the game is now, the how much better goaltending is and how much more structured the game is, how much more dedicated the athletes are to the craft and how much more, just how much more they put into just making their bodies temples it's just it's different it's a totally different game it's so much faster now and no I don't think that Connor McDavid could hit 200 points but I could see him hitting like 175 like why not like I could see him doing that but I think the I think it's going to come down to what happens in the playoffs like if McDavid hits if he goes off this offseason and the, and the Edmonton Oilers win the Stanley Cup, which, I mean, they have a very strong chance of doing that. They are one of the hottest teams, if not the hottest team, going into the playoffs right now, and that means a lot, man. You want to be playing very good for a month, maybe two months going into the playoffs. Those teams tend to do big damage in the playoffs, and Edmonton is clicking, uh, checking off a lot of those boxes right now. They're playing fantastic. McDavid is on a just a super mutant level right now, and so many other, like Ryan Nugent Hopkins, 100-point season. Congratulations. Amazing story. Uh, excuse me. Zach Hyman, Evander Kane. So, like, oh my god, man. Like, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, you know, the uh, classic story of you never give up on your first overall picks in Edmonton. He was one of the rare ones that they didn't give up on. I mean, Taylor Hall out of there, Nail Yakupov out of there, but Ryan Nugent Hopkins made it through and uh, he remained and he finally puts up a 100 point season 12 years, I think, after his original draft year and man fucking awesome man what a great story for Ryan Nugent Hopkins always been a fan of that guy always been rooting for him and I never gave up on him like I was like yeah it would have been nice to see him being an elite dominant player but like you can't really blame Ryan Nugent Hopkins for not necessarily developing into that 100 point or point per game player because of how the Edmonton Oilers were run during like there was such a long spree there like still in recent memory like up until maybe two years ago they were run so terribly and arguably they're still kind of shaky nowadays right so oh boy but it's so nice to see Ryan Nugent Hopkins getting that 100 point season I mean it, it is a little bit it kind of sucks that he's getting overshadowed by Connor McDavid doing the 150 points. They got Leon Dreisaitl, who's getting overshadowed by Connor McDavid, who, and then Ryan Nugent Hopkins being overshadowed by Leon, who's getting over. You know what I mean? It's, you know, it's deep down there, but what an incredible season for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Fucking congratulations to him. I, I feel so happy for him and my boy, Zach Hyman. I mean, I'm not even, I'm not even a little bit bitter that Zach Hyman went on to another team and is having career years like I'm so happy for that guy I always believed in Zach Hyman like what a great player I knew that he was going to be good and argue I didn't think he would be this good but I am so happy to see that for him man and if he goes on to win a Stanley Cup not as a Toronto Maple Leaf I'll still be super duper happy for that guy man I'll be so happy for him that is amazing I love seeing players like just because they're not on my team no more for the most part nowadays I like to cheer for players as well like Nazem Kadri and it just so happens that Kadri is on the Calgary Flames which is a team that I like and we'll talk about them in a little bit but 
Man, so happy for a lot of the... Just a really fun story for the Edmonton Oilers. I'm looking forward to see what they're going to be able to do in the playoffs. I mean, Colorado and Edmonton, they look very, very strong going into the playoffs. And I would love to see Colorado-Edmonton in a rematch. That would be amazing. But we'll see how it goes. I mean, a lot of the matchups aren't solidified just yet, I don't think. I, I should have probably done my homework on that. But... um. We'll be doing that next week. We'll do the whole looking into the series and going through all that, who I think is going to win. And yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. But fuck, man, what a great season for the Edmonton Oilers. But, I, it, you know, it, it no one's really going to... Well, I mean, that's not fair. They're, they're definitely going to care about the 150-point season. But it's going to be so much more sweet if Connor McDavid gets a Stanley Cup final appearance and even better, a Stanley Cup final win. So... We'll see how it goes for Edmonton. They're looking really freaking good right now. I'm definitely going to have my eye on them when I do my playoff bracket. Like, they're definitely a very strong-looking team right now. It just comes down to goaltending, and Stuart Skinner's played well as well. So, good for the Edmonton Oilers. Really fun story. We'll move on from Connor McDavid on to some other good stories. I mean, geez, where do we go? Alex Lyon. I mean, dude. So, the Florida Panthers have clinched a playoff spot, and... The unsung hero being Alex freaking Lyon, 30 years old, and this is the this is one of the great things about goaltending, man. Like a goaltender, if they get hot, dude, like it doesn't matter if they're 49 years old, old or they're 20 years old rookie. I mean, Cam Ward comes in and the Carolina Hurricanes wins the Stanley Cup as a rookie. Patrick Waugh. Curtis Joseph having fantastic runs, you name it. I mean, Tim Thomas becoming incredible in his late 30s. Like, oh, dude, like, goaltending is so outrageous. It's so insane. And here's another one for the Florida Panthers. Like, who'd have thunk that Alex Lyon was going to be the guy in net for the Panthers? And, like, you got Bobrovsky making $10-plus million dollars. Not in net. You got Spencer Knight, a young upstart. Looks like the world is going to be in his hands. Could be one of the greatest goaltenders uh, in the league in just a couple years. But he's been going through a really up and down season. Put into the substance abuse program, whichever that is. He's just going through a really rough time right now. And the Florida Panthers were struggling. And then two unsung heroes for Florida. I mean... Kachuk, not Matthew, not Brady, but Daddy Keith Kachuk. He calls out the Panthers, calls them swaft, and dude, they have not lost a game since that call out, and they are now in the in the playoffs, dude. Like that is freaking awesome. I love that. Like the Kachuks are two, the both of them, some of my favorite players in the league right now. I have a Matthew Kachuk Calgary Flames jersey unapologetically because I love the Flames and I love. Matthew Kachuk. That dude is a gamer. He is. He should be in the heart contention for dragging this team into the playoffs. And not only him, but his dad firing him up. And like, wow, dude. Matthew Kachuk, what an incredible season for him. Like, even though people will argue that the trade didn't really work out for the Florida Panthers. But, I mean, they did make it into playoffs, so now they can rewrite that story with a good playoff run. If Matthew Kachuk takes them, gets into the second round, third round, and who knows, the story's going to be rewritten for the Florida Panthers this season. Like, oh, it's, you know, up if they miss the playoffs, then yeah. Oh, that trade, what a disaster. Why'd we, ta- why'd we lose Huberto? Why'd we get rid of Mackenzie Weger? Did we pay too much for Matthew Kachuk? But now that they're in the playoffs... That feels like the the story's going to be rewritten here, and not so much so 
for the Calgary Flames. We'll talk about them just after this, but more respect is due for Alex Lyon and the incredible run that he went on to get the Cal... Not the Calgary Flames, no. To get the Florida Panthers in there, dude. Like... He rattled off one, two, three, four, five, six wins in a row. They don't get the win over Toronto. Giggity. The, the, the Leafs just, I'm, I'm shocked that the Leafs won that game as well. Um, but, um, wow, dude, Alex Lyon coming in out of nowhere. I mean, he gets the shutout that, that performance against Ottawa, 56 save performance, 39 save performance, a 38 save performance. I mean, the dude came in and got the freaking job done. Now, I'm not going to say he, it's definitely not the run that Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar, went on with the Ottawa Senators so many years ago. But fuck, dude, if they didn't have Alex Lyon in there, would they make the playoffs? I it didn't look like it, man. Like, it's been an up and down roller coaster for goaltending with the Florida Panthers for quite some time now. Like Bobrovsky, it just really hasn't worked out. He's been fine at times. He's been extremely disappointing when you look at the amount of money that they're paying him, but. Hey, man, maybe Bobrovsky brings back, gets it going in the playoffs. Maybe Alex Lyon can bring in, just stay hot, and he continues to play as good as he's playing in the playoffs for the Florida Panthers. But regardless, I am just super-duper happy that one of the Kachucks is going to be in the playoffs. Like, dude, Matthew Kachuk in the playoffs is going to be a really good fucking time. So, really good job for the Florida Panthers. Well done, Keith Kachuk. He knows what he's doing, man. He knew he knows exactly what he's doing with his kids. He knows how to get them going, and he's just calm soft, calm chicken shits and stuff like that, and rattle off six wins in a row, make it into the playoffs. Well freaking done, Florida Panthers. But on the other spectrum, we got the Calgary Flames. So, they're out. They're out. They're, uh, they're not going to be in the playoffs this year, and... Yeah, dude, it's uh, immensely disappointing. I am beyond disappointed. I'm very disappointed. I had extremely high hopes for the Calgary Flames coming into this season. I think a lot of us thought that the Calgary Flames did an incredible job with the trade. Even though, yes, that trade did not have to happen. They didn't have to make that trade. Kachuk was still contracted to play for the Flames this season. But he made it very clear that he wasn't going to stay. So, Calgary doing, you know... At the time, and I still think it was the right move. Like, he made it clear he didn't want to be there. So why have that voodoo? Why have that cloud hanging over the team the whole season? I don't think that would have done the team all that well anyway. Not that I think Kachuk would have played just dandy. I think Kachuk would have had a fantastic season if he played for the Flames this year. Because that's just the kind of guy Kachuk is. Like, he's not going to play worse because... um, because he knows he's not going to be there. He's going to put his all into it that season. No questions asked. I know he would have done that. But maybe the other players around him just knowing that he's not going to be there. It just wasn't probably going to be a good thing, right? So they do what I think and still think was the right thing and move on from Matthew Kachuk. And they bring in a, a fantastic package. And Huberdo and Mackenzie Weger, I just And I said it. The whole time, the whole time that I was like, it's going to take Huberdeau and Mackenzie Weger a long time to adjust. And I think it took a little bit longer than I thought. I gave them like months. I was like, give them like three to four months, probably. I was like, I gave them a huge leash. And yeah, I think, yeah, I think by the end, especially Mackenzie Weger, it started to look like he's finally starting to get it going there. Like you're starting to put up some points consistently, started playing a little bit better, but Fuck, man, Mackenzie Weger, that was a really, really disappointing season for him, and I I had him the whole season, man. I kept Mackenzie Weger on my fantasy team the whole time, and he was 
droppable the whole entire time, but I kept believing in him, and yeah, man, he kind of let me down. It's uh, It happens, but I think he had an okay season, but definitely the, the numbers that he put up last year compared to the numbers that he put up this year for Calgary, it's disappointing, but I, I have a very strong feeling that both Mackenzie Weger and Huberto are going to bounce back. I mean, Huberto literally cut all of his numbers in half. I mean, he went from 30 goals to 15, 85 assists to 40. So I think Huberto is going to fall somewhere in the middle there. I don't think for Calgary, unless they have a major shift in the way that they play the game and if they get off of Daryl Sutter and stuff, but if if they don't move off from Sutter, I don't think Huberto is going to have as bad of a season that he did this year. He's going to have more time to work with the systems and figure out chemistry and all that and maybe get some more goal scorers into the roster. We'll see how that goes in the offseason, but Huberto's, I can't see him doing this consistently. 15 goals, 40 assists from 115 points that he had last season. I mean, no. The, the truth lies somewhere here in the middle. I can see Huberto being a consistent 20-plus goal scorer. I think 30 is is a career high. I don't think Huberto... Huberto's never really been a bona fide goal scorer. He's always been the assist man. But 85 assists, uh, 85 assists down to 40... That's a huge plummet for Huberto. I just think this is an anomaly in the system. I think Huberto is going to get back to 60, 65 assists. Should be a point-of-game player next year. Unless there's, like, injuries or something. So, yeah, I mean, it's undeniable. It was an immensely, immensely disappointing season for Huberto. I mean, those totals getting cut in half. But, uh, yeah, so... In hindsight, yeah, it didn't play out very well for the Calgary Flames this season, and it, that that narrative is going to be there all summer long. It's going to be there all summer long. Daryl Sutter and how he treats the young players, and Daryl Sutter and how he's just treated the whole team, the, the general just miserable nature from the, the body language and the, just the facial. <laughs> you just look at the faces on the guys on the team. They're not happy. And, uh, yeah, I, I, like I said last week, I feel like there's a divide in the locker room somewhere. Probably going to hear some stories about that throughout the offseason. And uh, maybe once they start clearing out their lockers, once they go off to summertime because they ain't going to the playoffs. So something's probably going to come out. I mean, Kadri is a is a guy that does not shy away from the truth. And he, if there's something going on in there, we're probably going to hear it from him. But I just have a feeling that there's something going on in that locker room right there. I feel like you know, Kadri won a cup and maybe, I don't really know, man. I don't, I'm just, I'm just speculating at this point because there's definitely something wrong. Like that team on paper, this Calgary Flames team on paper looked fantastic. They looked like a potential contender on paper and the way that it played out this season, like, whoo, oh my God. And I haven't even talked about the goaltending yet. Like, oh my God, Markstrom, just like I said, man, I really think that that Edmonton series last year in the playoffs really did some mental damage to Markstrom, really hurt his confidence and goaltending. A lot of that shit, a lot of a lot of what it comes down to goaltending is between the ears, between the eyes. It's mental. A lot of the game is mental, and if you lose your confidence, you're going to lose a big part of your game. And if you're not confident, it's going to show. And it showed this year that Markstrom was not confident in his game. Just He never really got it going. The Flames never really got anything going this year. They were win one, lose one all season long. It was really frustrating to deal with. That's the most frustrating seasons 
to deal with. I hate those seasons so much. Like, even when I would do, like, when I used to play a lot of GM mode in the video games, like, when my team would win one, lose one, I would lose my mind. I hated that so much. Like, rather lose a bunch or win a bunch. Like, don't do this 50-50 shit. I hate that so much. But that's exactly what the Flames pulled out this year. And I've talked about it all season long. The losses to non-playoff teams... So many losses there that they should have won. The overtime losses were just piling up, and they won half of those. They'd easily be in the playoffs. They won half of the games against non-playoff teams. Easily would have made the playoffs. Winnipeg opened the door wide open for them. It was open the whole time, the whole season long, but not once did the Flames take it and run with it. Not once did they ever go on a good winning streak. Never. It was extremely disappointing all around. I mean... Dubé never really got it going. At times, it looked like it was like, oh, maybe he's going to be a top six. And it just mm, didn't really get there. Mangiapane did not have the season that he did last year. And I don't think anybody really expected him to do that again. But, I mean, it was a pretty big drop-off for him. I mean, Kadri, again, I didn't expect him to put up the numbers that he did in Colorado. But, yeah, man, just all around the board, everybody was just, just down. Except for, like, maybe... Maybe Anderson on defense, he had a pretty good year. Uh, I mean, yeah, it was just not that great. I mean, back, um, what's his name? God damn it. Lindholm, he started out really quiet and he kind of pulled the season together there. So, you know, I don't know. There's not really much I could pull out of the season other than I'm extremely disappointed. <laughs> and um, hopefully next year, the the hopes and the the all that won't be so high for Calgary and hopefully they go into the season as underdogs because they always do better in the underdog situation so we'll talk a lot about Calgary in the offseason we'll be watching them closely and their moves and what the future will be for Daryl Sutter I hope I, I just hope for a change man I think it's time you just got to do it uh, it's like I've said time and time again Daryl Sutter he has an expiry and it's not a very long one, and I think it's expired, so I think they need to move on. But we'll be moving on right now from the Calgary Flames, and we'll go on to talk about... Let's talk. Let's just get the freaking Boston Bruins out of the way. So they've had uh, literally the great one of the greatest seasons of all time. And, um, you know, people are going to compare them to all the other greatest seasons of all time. You're going to talk about the Red Wings. You're going to be talking about the Montreal Canadiens in the 70s. And it's on. It's not comparable. Like You can't really compare that from... You can't, compa- you can't compare the Bruins season now to the Canadiens back then. Like, it's... They're, oh, like, 50 years apart. Like, the game has changed so much. But I have to give the Bruins immense props for what they did. It's extremely impressive. I have to give them their props. I mean... The amazing depth on their team, the the things that they got through at the beginning of the season with the, all the injury struggles, the coaching change, which not a lot of people were like, oh, oh, I don't know how that's going to work out. What is their coach, Jim Montgomery? I'm pretty sure Monty, unbefreaking leavable job by him. Allmark was way better than anybody could expect. Jeremy Swayman got it back. Jake DeBrus got it back going. I mean, all the players in the depth they just did it man like everything worked out for the Bruins this year Pasternak had an incredible season 60 goals for him congratulations like 260 plus goal guys in one year I mean wow and like last year with just Matthews alone we're all like oh wow I don't know how many more 60 goal seasons and it's starting to look like they're they're becoming trendy at the moment so maybe we're gonna start seeing 60 goal seasons like consistently for a little bit here we'll have to we'll just have to wait and see but 
The Boston Bruins, man, I mean, I have to give them props. Yes, I will I'll say it again. I had them at the beginning of the season missing playoffs because I did not believe in the Bruins because I hate them. I I definitely have that bias against the Bruins being a Toronto Maple Leafs fan. Yeah, I have a lot of hatred towards that organization. So I've been waiting and just rabidly hungry for that season to come where the Bruins missed the playoffs finally. But they did it, man. They did it. And congratulations. What an incredible season for them. But all the Bruins fans, they're saying it. They're like, they don't give a shit about this season if they blow it in the playoffs. Like, basically, like, the, the pressure's going to be on for the Bruins. Like, if they don't come out with a cup or, or a Stanley Cup final appearance, it's going to be a letdown, man. It really is. Like, like no matter how good that season was, if you have a disappointing playoffs, it really doesn't mean anything. Like, the Tampa Bay Lightning fans will be the first to tell you. They'll be like, oh, yeah. We, we've had this season, and they got embarrassed in the first round. So I believe the Bruins are going to have that uh, well, well-known well uh, in their organization what happened to Tampa Bay. So they're, they're more than likely not going to be underest- uh. underestimating, excuse me, their opponent, whoever that's going to be, whether it be the Islanders or the Pittsburgh Penguins. And a lot of the Bruins fans, are, are I think they're pretty fucking nervous about drawing the Islanders, man. And I, I think they would have a, a better chance against the Penguins. But, I mean, Sidney Crosby, you can never, you know, that's never a guy you want to bet against. But the Islanders are a scary team to go up against, man. They really are. Sorokin, the way that they play, like, they are a playoff team, man. Like, they're, they're not a team you want to draw in the first round. And if the Bruins get by them, if they lose, regardless, if they get past the Islanders, the Islanders are going to take a bite, a major bite out of the Bruins, man. They're not going to go down easy. They're not going to go down without a fight. Sorokin can, has the, he could steal games. He has the, ser- he, he has the potential to s- steal a series. Like, Sorokin is incredible. I think Sorokin should probably, like, he he may not win the Vesna. I think he's definitely going to be in the nomination, but this guy's bound to win Vesnas very soon. This guy's incredible, and it's only a matter of time. He may even get some nods for Hart because he's really, really fucking good. And both Pittsburgh and the Islanders have pretty easy opponents in their last games. The Islanders are playing Montreal tonight. That's a pretty good matchup for the for the Islanders. And then Pittsburgh's playing Columbus. So both of the teams have a very good chance of winning their games. Islanders are up by one point. So if they win, I believe that is it. That's it for the Penguins. So the Penguins have to pray that the Islanders lose in overtime or regulation loss. And then they can get in. But, man, it's, it's, it's going to be crazy. I'll be having my eye on that Islanders game, making sure that they don't blow it, because they had that weird loss against the Washington Capitals. It's like, what? How'd you guys blow that one? It's like, damn, that should have been a win. But, yeah, for the Bruins, I mean, I still feel strongly that the Bruins can take out either the Pens or the Islanders. I just think if it was the Pens, the Pens will probably go down in, like, five or six games. The Islanders, I could see them going to seven. They're going to make the Bruins sweat it out really badly, but I still feel confident the Bruins are going to get through whoever is put in front of them in the first round. But that that incredible season, even if the Bruins get f- through the first round, that I don't think that's going to be enough for Bruins fans. I think a cup or nothing at this point with the season that they had, the whole this is kind of their last dance situation, a lot of question marks for the future of the team with Bergeron and Krejci and yada, yada, yada. So, yeah, they definitely have to go all in. And, yeah, I think nothing short of a cup is going to be disappointing for Bruins fans. But 
I don't give a fuck. I'm a Leaf fan, so if they lose, they lose. I I won't be. I you know I'll be a little bit of a dick about it, but like you know, it happens, man. The first round is so freaking hard. I mean, it's I think arguably it's the hardest round in the playoffs for a while now because it's so intense. It's it's there's so much adrenaline and it's just insane. So uh, that's what I think about the Bruins. I think they're going to get past it, but it's going to be intense. It's going to be a very intense first round. So I look forward to the first round of the playoffs. It's going to be amazing. Speaking of amazing, uh, the Seattle Kraken. They've clinched the playoff spot in their second year. And I mean, well, freaking done Seattle. I mean, a really strange season, honestly. I didn't see this season coming from them like... They became, they were really strong offensively. I did not see that coming at all. Defensively, they were much improved over last year. And when they first came into the into the NHL, I thought they were going to be a really strong defensive team, not going to be able to score very much and have strong goaltending. Flip that script. They were completely, well, the first season, they were trash all around. They were just not good anywhere. They couldn't score. They couldn't save anything. And yeah, they were just bad last in their first year. But then this year... A massive flip. I mean, they, they got like a 20 or 30 point increase over last season. An incre- incredible. And the pickups that they did in the offseason. Bjorkstrand and wow. they've All those have done really well. They don't have a single player on the roster making over $6 million. They have a lot of those $5 million contracts, which can make or break your team. And it looks like for the most part for the Seattle Kraken, a lot of those $5 million contracts have actually been quite good. I mean, Jaden Schwartz, pretty solid season. And then, of course, I think their MVP on on the back end anyway. I mean, Matty Beneers had an incredible rookie season for him. He's definitely going to be in there for the Calder. It's going to be between like him, Skinner. I think it's going to be between him and Skinner. I still feel that Beneers is going to get it. But uh, Stuart Skinner should definitely get some consideration. He had an incredible uh, back half of the season, got the Edmonton Oilers in there, became the starting goaltender. Anyway, uh, Vince Dunn. I mean, wow, what a season for Vince Dunn. Uh, (laughs) What can I say? I mean, this guy really just emerged as a top defenseman. He's taken that role, kind of was lost in the shuffle over there in St. Louis, gets picked up in the expansion draft. I thought that was a great selection, even though, a lot of people thought, oh, I should have taken Tarasenko, but hey, man, that pick ended up being arguably their best pick. Vince Dunn's been fantastic for them. He's been arguably their best player, and wow, what a season for him. And then the goaltending has been so strange, man. Like, Martin Jones comes in there, and he wins. He just He's just been getting the wins, man. He's been getting the job done. Save percentage and all that, not great. And no, I don't necessarily think that the Kraken are going to do very well in the playoffs. I think they're going to get humbled a little bit. And they're going to learn a lot of lessons. A lot of a lot of things are going to get learned as an organization, as as a team. They're going to learn a lot. But fuck, dude, if they, if they do win in the first... Like, they're playing with house money at this point. Like, there was no expectations for the Kraken to get into the playoffs this year. And they did it. So at this point, they're playing with house money. If they lose, they lose. It's okay. They got draft picks. They got young players coming up. They got cap space. They got a good good future ahead of them. And this is great. I love this for new NHL franchises. I mean, Vegas set the bar a little bit too high. I mean, to go to a Stanley Cup final in your first season in existence. Doubt we're ever going to see anything quite like that ever again. But Seattle... 
making it into the playoffs in their second year, that is freaking awesome. If you look at the history of new franchises entering the NHL, it takes a lot of teams quite a while to get into the playoffs. I mean, Atlanta got in there only one time. They got swept, and it was terrible. So, yes, sometimes it takes a really long time. Sometimes they never really find that success. So, really good to see that the new teams and the new way that the NHL has done expansion drafts, it's making new teams uh, it's it's easier for them to get into the NHL and have some success. Like you need that for a new team. You don't want a new team sucking for the first five years and like it'll just windle down that fan base. Like you can only take losing for so long. Like look at the Sabers. Like they're just it's like a barren wasteland over there. Some nights they're just done over a decade of losing and disappointment. That's that kind of goes with that territory. But man, it's really good to see new franchises doing well. It's going to encourage other maybe new franchises to come in the future like Houston and I I hope we'll see Quebec one day but I doubt it anyway really good job from the Seattle Kraken congratulations for them I'm be looking forward to see what they can do in the playoffs I don't think they'll do very much but if they do they do that's going to be a lot of fun it's going to be great for the Seattle Kraken fan I think their fan base is going to be absolutely crazy in the playoffs i think it's gonna be a lot of fun to see uh the kraken fan base showing what they can do and i think they're gonna be bananas i think they're gonna be one of the most rocking crowds so i look forward to see what the seattle kraken are going to do in the playoffs that's going to be a lot of fun speaking of really fun wait okay let's just do it eric carlson 100 freaking points as a defenseman the first time that this has happened in what 30 years or something like that i lost it where is it uh, Eric Carlson for, uh, over 30 years damn it the first time since Brian Leach this this happened like when I was rather in the womb or being conceived anyway we don't need to talk about that stuff this hasn't happened in a long freaking time man this is a big big deal at least to me because in my lifetime like I started watching hockey in the dead puck era and like 50 60 points was like really really fucking awesome for a defenseman and last season watching Roman Yossi, Kale McCarr, Adam Fox doing what they did putting up like point per game numbers and Roman Yossi almost hitting 100 points and that not being all that big of a deal last year but fuck man like watching these defensemen are incredible like I haven't seen defensemen like play this I haven't seen this like this is this is new to me like Eric Carlson was kind of the outlier for me growing up he was an incredibly gifted offensive defenseman one of the few that are putting up in and around point of game seasons and now he hit 100 points and I think that is like who better right like I don't think they're like we may see it soon from Kale McCarr and maybe Adam Fox and uh, future players but um this is awesome i think it is so awesome to see eric carlson do this and i think the reason why it's getting so much more attention than it did roman yossi last year is because it's it's an amazing redemption story for eric carlson like eric carlson has gone through a lot over the years i mean the loss of his of his baby child and and the all the all the terrible drama that went on with him in ottawa like moving all past that and then the injury troubles that he dealt with looked like he lost the skating ability all those terrible achilles injuries getting moved to san jose and then all of a sudden you know brett burns goes and it looks like eric carlson is is given full reign to to be the offensive uh back end for the for the san jose sharks and look at him fucking go dude like 
I thought, honestly, at the beginning of the season when he started going off the way that I was like, oh, sweet, this is just going to be one of those really incredible hot starts. You know, at the beginning of the year, teams are a little bit off in their systems. There's going to be a little bit more goal scoring. Teams are going to be a little bit uh, looser. You know how it goes, but he just didn't stop. He just didn't stop all year long, man. Like, maybe he had a little lull here or there, but Eric Carlson has hit 100 points, man. This is incredible. Like, not only is it an amazing redemption story, but he did this on the San Jose Sharks, which are not a good team. I mean, like, wow. I would not be surprised if Eric Carlson gets some heart nods or something. There's no way he's going to win it. Like, if Eric Carlson somehow managed to get the Sharks into the playoffs, then, oh my goodness, we'd be having a... There'd probably be a very heated debate between McDavid and Eric Carlson because... Let's just say, theoretically, San Jose got in there with the team that they have. Like, how could you not be like, dude, Eric freaking Carlson dragged that team. Look at that roster compared to Edmonton. Edmonton has, like we talked about earlier, Dreisaitl, Hyman, Evander Kane, so on and so forth. Like, way more talented players than the San Jose Sharks. No disrespect. I mean, I think San Jose Sharks fans would agree. I hope. But, um, fuck, dude. Like, what an incredible season for Eric Carlson. Well done. I'm so freaking happy for that guy. Like, all the things that he's gone through. I think it is so... It, ju- it just feels right for the first guy to do it in over 30 years to be Eric Carlson. Like, hell yeah. That that just makes me feel good. Like, growing up watching him and then watching that decline. Like, I hate seeing that, man. Like, when you watch a really good player go through injury troubles and, like, you, you see them losing it a little bit. Like, like Crosby, when he was going through all those terrible concussion problems, I was so terrified that, like, what if what if it's over for him? Like, what if that's it? Like, we... we we are robbed of the career of Sidney Crosby, the full career of Sidney Crosby. And I thought that for Eric Carlson at times too, but wow. What uh, might've been, might be one of the greatest redemption stories in the NHL, man. Like, wow. Well done for Eric Carlson. And when it comes to Norris, man, I think without a question, I think it's got to go to Eric Carlson. Like I, I, even though we all know, yes, he's not the greatest defensive defenseman out there, but 100 points is so freaking impressive it is it's incredible man like and to do it on the team that he did it on like kale mccarr adam fox rasmus Dahlin, dougie hamilton even quinn hughes miro heskinen is still arguably one of the most underrated un- unappreciated defensemen out there he's been fantastic lindholm for what he did at the beginning of the season for the bruins and mcavoy i mean roman yossi he, if he didn't have injury, he would be in the conversation a lot more. And I think Vince Dunn should maybe have uh, a nod or two for the Norse. But I think I think this has to go for Eric Carlson without question for a 100-point season. And again, I, I think that the NHL should add in a defensive defenseman of the year award because I don't think defensemen get appreciated enough. Like, it's usually limited to the Norris conversation, which comes down to which defenseman had the most points that year. And rarely do we get to talk about guys like Slavin, Siegenhaller in New Jersey, the defensive defensemen in the league, the guys that block the shots, that are doing the little things, the guys that a goaltender would be like, this guy's incredible because he clears the net, he blocks the shots, he pushes people out of the way, he does all the little things. And yeah, maybe he's not putting up 50, 60, 70 plus points and he's only getting like 30, 40 points, but the guy is such a stalwart defensively, he changes the whole aspect of the game. But 
know, that's I don't know why they don't have that award. It should be out there. I want I want more defensemen getting appreciated, especially on the defensive end, because they just don't get that recognition. It's straight up for the offensive defensemen and the elite two-way defensemen in the league, the defensive defensemen out there. They just don't get the credit, and that's I think that's that's not right. That's just not right. Speaking of not right, let's see how what can I do with this. Speaking of not right, hmm. Okay, I think I think I got something here. Uh, Tanner Janot, uh, very uh, bad news for him. He he's injured and he will be missing the start of the playoffs. Which I mean, is terrible news for Tampa Bay fans, but fantastic news for us Leaf fans out here. I mean. Tanner Janot was is definitely going to be a problem in the playoffs. He's going to be hitting everything. He's probably going to be fighting. And I imagine he's he's more than likely going to find that goal-scoring touch in the playoffs because that's just how that thing goes down whenever the Leafs play Tampa Bay. I mean, we Nick Paul last year just absolutely buried us alive in Game 7 and out of nowhere, like, ugh, so disappointing. But that's big news, man. That's big news for the Leafs. Like, that is definitely something they have to take advantage of. If he's going to miss a couple games or even the whole series, they have to have to take advantage of this. I mean, Tampa Bay is kind of backing their way into the playoffs, which is not good, but I'm still I'm not taking that for granted. I know that the Tampa Bay are capable of turning it on once the playoffs start, so I'm not... I'm not saying that, oh, this is going to be easy for the Leafs. They they are going to stomp the Tampa Bay Lightning. No, but they have to take advantage of this. This is a great opportunity, and if they come in with uh, with anything short of 100% and giving it everything that they have, if they give me 99%, 98%, you're fucked. You're going to get fucked. You have to give 100% the whole entire 60 minutes. And I hope that message is clear for the Leafs right now. But very bad news for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's go back to some good news. So... We got some debuts out here this week. We got Luke Hughes signs his ELC with the Devils, and he makes his debut. He didn't pick up any points, but he appeared to play well, and it looks like the future is going to be really good for this guy. Uh, He didn't have the best... Uh, season, I don't believe. I'm not really 100% aware of that, but um, all the Hughes brothers now in the NHL, that's really that's really awesome, man. Like, well done, parents. Someone fucking get that semen and put it on ice and start spreading it out throughout the world so we can get these incredible athletes. I mean, all three of your children making it into the NHL, that's incredible. So <laughs> that's really cool. So good for uh, Luke Hughes making his debut. We also got our boy Matthew Nyes. I mean, he made his debut this week. Uh wasn't necessarily supposed to make his debut in the game that he made it, but he made his debut. He looked a little shaky at the beginning, but he also got he just got his first point in the NHL in the game last night. So uh, congratulations to the debuting Matthew Nice for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I am very much still looking forward to see what this kid can do for us in the playoffs. I, I hope that he can make an impact in there. These are the kind of players that sometimes can be the game breaker when you ina- when you add a young talented power forward or something like that into your roster i mean i think about the young players in the bruins team in 2011 when they had a young marchant a young lucic a a young sagan and how important those guys were to their run i think about new york last year and their run with that with the kid line and hedel and lafreniere and kako how good they were those are really, really important players to have in your lineup. So I'm hoping that Matthew Nyes can do that. I am I am aware that he is still a young man. He has a lot to learn, and uh, he definitely was getting humbled in that Florida game, for sure. He was getting bumped around. He got blasted a few times with some big hits from the Florida Panthers. So it's definitely going to be a bit of an adjustment period, but... 
He's going to get in there, man. I hope. I don't know if he's going to be on that starting roster for the Leafs in the playoffs. I don't know if they're going to do that to him. I just don't think that's the smart thing to do. But if a play, if a, someone gets injured, Matthew Nice goes in there. I, um, you know, I'm excited to see that happen. I'm, I'm excited to see if he's going to take that opportunity and run with it and never let go. That would be incredible. So that's awesome. Speaking of incredible, we got a lot of kind of milestones going here so kind of blew my load a little bit early last week on Sidney Crosby just kind of going on a whole appreciation little moment there but uh, he did hit 1500 points this week and again congratulations for I think one of the top five greatest NHL players of all time he is still I think top five in the league today Sidney Crosby is an incredible player and a very, very good chance we're not going to see him in the playoffs this season for the first time in a very, very, very long time. And it's going to be weird a little bit. It's going to be going to be a little bit weird, but maybe it's what the Penguins need, man. Maybe they need a little bit of a break. Maybe next year they rebound really, really strongly and they have a fantastic season. I mean, JT Miller talk is still all over that team. So maybe they pick up JT Miller in the offseason and have a big bounce back and they make it back into the playoffs next year and make it past the first round because they haven't done that either in a long time. So I would really like to see that. But if the Pens make it, man, I'm not going to be surprised. But I don't think it's going to go very well for them against the Bruins in the first round. So um, really awesome for Crosby, 1,500 points. Where do you think he lies in the greatest players of all time? I think he's in that top five. I'm not going to list off my top five off of the top, top of my head right now. That's something we'll talk about maybe in the off season when there's not a lot to talk about. But um, I, I think he's a top five greatest player of all time. Uh, 1,000. We got two 1,000 point milestones this week. We got Joe Pavelski, Joe Vocop, Little Joe. I fucking love Joe Pavelski, man. Such a good freaking player. I mean, San Jose, I think, are kicking themselves for letting that guy go. Dallas, thank you very much. We'll take him and love this guy to death. Maybe he had a little bit of a down season this year, but Joe Pavelski is such an awesome freaking player, man. Good for him. 1,000 points. And Claude Giroux. 1,000 points for Claude Giroux. And another player. I'm a huge fan of Claude Giroux, man. I love the Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Philadelphia Flyers rivalry in the playoffs. Some of my favorite series of all time. And Sidney Crosby versus Claude Giroux at the head of that. I love that rivalry there for a, for a couple seasons there. Like, Giroux was argued... He was in that conversation for a little bit there. Like, who's better? Is, is, is Giroux a better player than Sidney Crosby? Now, that discussion kind of quickly went away. But Claude Giroux great player great career having one of the best seasons he's ever had with the Ottawa Senators right now what an awesome dude man I'm a big old fan of Claude Giroux I think he's awesome and 1,000 games for Steven Stamkos another congratulations out there for Steven Stamkos and another Hall of Fame worthy career I'd say Stanley Cup winner captain of the stand of the Tampa Bay Lightning for so long incredible goal scorer some of the best goal scoring seasons we've had in decades 100-point season last year, kind of aging like a fine wine right now. He just, another great season this year, and uh, wow, 1,000. I'm, I'm a little bit, uh, not super surprised, but with all the injuries and stuff, but I was kind of like, oh, wow, he, he's kind of just hitting that 1,000 games now, but so happy that he got to hit a 1,000 games. Like, another player there where it was a little bit sketchy for a bit there. Like, is Steven Stamkos ever going to get it back? And yeah, yeah, he got it back all right. He definitely definitely got it back so congratulations to all of those guys right there and we'll finish it off with some leaf talk so mitch marner currently at 99 points is 
is Sheldon Keefe going to do him dirty and not play him in the final game and, and, and make him finish with 90, 99 points? I think that's criminal. I think that's a little bit mean. I'm, I'm hoping that he'll get in there. I, I, I'll be, I honestly will be a little bit surprised if he sits him because like, I think Marner is going to want to go out there and get that point, man. And I think, I think he's going to get, I think he's going to do it. I hope so because like a hundred points, that's awesome. Like that's a, that's a big deal for players, man. Like that's, that's important to them. They want to have that on their stat line. They want to have that in their career. It's important. There's not a, there's not very many 100 point seasons in, in uh, leaf history. So Mitch Marner wants to be the first one in a very long time. What, since Dougie Gilmore did it, I think? Like, I don't think Sundin ever did a 100-point season here in Toronto. And not that's just because of the era that he, he played here in Toronto. But, fuck, man. I hope that Marner can get it. That would be a really good milestone. I want him to do that. I mean, 30 goals for him. That's always the player that I thought Marner was going to be. A 30-70 guy. 30 goals, 70-plus assists, 100-point guy. And that's exactly what Marner's been doing over the last couple years. This is his best season stat-wise he's ever had. I think arguably his best season ever defensively. He's come... He's been amazing defensively. He's one of our best defensive players out there. I love. What, I feel so good when he's out there on the penalty kill. He's dangerous. He's fast. Great stick. So smart. Amazing passer. I mean, I, it's undeniable. He's, yeah, maybe he's not my favorite personality out there. Like, I don't listen to Marner interviews because I just don't like to hear him talk, really. It just kind of frustrates me. But... I just, I just, I'm happy for him. It was a really good season, but again, it really comes down to his performance this year in the playoffs. If he doesn't bring it in the playoffs, then it really doesn't matter what he did in the offseason. For me, I need him to bring it in the playoffs for sure. But on another great note for the Leafs, we got four 30 plus goal scorers this season. John Tavares, Marner, Matthews hit 40, and Willie hit 40. So great season for William Nylander. Like, I always thought he can hit 40. I feel like we all, may, I don't, well, not we all, but I think at some point, at one time or another, we thought maybe Willie could become a 50-goal scorer. Some people thought this year he could hit 50, but 40 goals, extremely impressive. Yes, he kind of turned the, t- took the foot off the gas pedal a little bit in the back half of the season, back quarter, back nine even, but um, it's understandable. I think, like I said before, William... Nylander is an incredibly smart player. His dad played in the NHL, so I think he's just turning it off a little bit to get ready for the playoffs. Willie has brought it in the playoffs for consistent seasons now, so I'm expecting him to do it again, and I feel very confident that he is going to bring it in the playoffs. Tavares, fantastic season. Matthews, even though people are dogging on what a down season, I thought I thought he played great this year considering he's played hurt for a majority of the season I thought he's been incredible and he's been playing his best hockey over the last month or so so great time to turn it on Matthews Matthews knows this shit now man he's been in the league long enough he's learned a lot and I think he's going I think we're going to see the best Matthews in the playoffs and I when we better (laughs) we fucking better and um yeah, this week was pretty good for the for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I mean, that absolute destruction of the Montreal Canadiens, seven to one. I mean, uh, there was that first period. This was like a triple take for me. Uh, the shots for the Leafs after the first period was eighteen to one. Are you freaking kidding me with that? Like Montreal absolutely went into full tank mode. They like 
it's not really it's not their fault they've lost a lot of people to injury and a little bit of anger out of the end of that game the Toronto Maple Leafs just doing a good thing I thought I didn't think they were trying to be disrespectful to the Montreal Canadiens I think they were just trying to do a good thing for for a guy they put in Jet Alexander who was playing as the emergency backup goaltender for the Leafs that night because of shenanigans we're not going to get into the whole cap thing but uh, I think it was Matheson or something on the Habs defenseman. He says after the game, he's like, oh, they're going to get what they deserve in the playoffs. I mean, that's fucking hilarious. That's that's great. If they lose in the playoffs, everyone's going to be like, oh, it was because of that quote that they lost. <sighs> Whatever. Okay, fine. But, uh, I mean, no, I think he just took it wrong. I mean, a player that just got his ass kicked 7-1, to one, I mean, you're going to be pretty salty sailor about it after. So, yeah, something like that is probably going to get said after, and I don't take anything by it. I mean, I don't think the Leafs were doing anything disrespectful, honestly. I think they saw what the Colorado Avalanche... No, sorry, the Edmonton Oilers did this year for their goaltender... And uh, I think they just wanted to do that, too. I don't think it was to be disrespectful to the Habs. And if the Habs feel that way, then, oh, well, that's just how they're going to feel then. You feel that way. So, but I thought it was a really nice moment there for Jet Alexander. That was dope. And I said, uh, that Florida game, that was a really good game. I, like I said, I was very surprised that the Leafs got the win there. And that Tampa Bay game the other night, oh, my God, that was insane. Joseph Wall, dude, wow, what a fucking game for him. Like, honestly, if Matt Murray's not ready to go for backup or whatever role he's going to have in the playoffs, if Samsonov's not ready, Joseph Wall right now, I am not feeling that bad about it right now. Now, that could come back to bite me if he go if if joseph wall has to be the goaltender at some point for the leafs and tampa bay does a scouting report on him and they find something that they can exploit and they do that okay so then that that could easily come back and backfire on us but last night against the the lightning he looked fantastic man he looked dialed he looked really fucking good so that makes me feel good he's played good and i'd say in every game that he's been in he's played well so I feel good about Joseph Wall. I, the goaltending future for the Leafs, we talked about it last week. It's still a little bit up in the air. I think a lot of it's going to come down to kind of what goes down in the playoffs. But Samsonov in that Florida game was incredible. I mean, both goalies looking fucking dialed right now, which is good. Matt Murray has shown that he can turn it on in the playoffs before. So, I mean, I don't know who... like. I feel Samsonov's got to be the starter, and I feel good, man. I feel good with the goaltending going in. Like like I said, Samsonov looks really, really dialed in right now. Joseph Wall looks ready. When, if the opportunity comes, it looks like he's ready to play, and Matt Murray is is Matt Murray. He's, he's, he's there. So I feel pretty good with the goaltending going into the playoffs. How do you guys feel about the goaltending for the Leafs going into the playoffs? I mean... I feel decent, man. I feel decent. I feel about as good as I did over the last few years with Jack Campbell. The defense has been playing as strong as it ever has for the Leafs that I've been watching them, and same with the forwards. So, feel good going in. I'm not not like 100% Leafs are going to crush the Tampa Bay Lightning. I think it's going to be an incredibly uh, competitive series. I think I think easily this can go to seven, and then it's going to be a coin flip in game seven the way that it always is but i feel that the leafs have a, have a really strong opportunity they have a, a chance they just need to grab it so same story with every season they have the chance to grab it they just have to they have to grab it so we'll see man we're right we're right next door to the playoffs so i think i'm gonna call it an episode for today thank you everybody so much for listening 
Like I said, I'm going to move the, the next GamerCast to Monday, so it'll be there on Monday. The WrestleCast will be on Saturday, where I do the recap and all that great stuff. So thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We're going to finish off the season against the New York Rangers, I do believe. So I probably won't be watching it. <clears throat> that much i'll watch what i can but uh i am in full playoff mode right now man i cannot freaking wait the first round is going to be insane that the west is done man like the jets are in good job for the jets i guess i should say that good job for the winnipeg jets congratulations hanging on man you made it really fucking scary for no reason i I wish you didn't do that to me i feel really bad for nashville i mean I gotta give Nashville the respect, man. I really respect that team. They're always battlers. They always, they never give up. They're just a fucking really, a team that I've always respected for always being underdogs, overperforming, and just kind of never being given that respect. They built an incredible fan base over there, and man, UC Soros, UC freaking Soros. He should get a nod or two for the Vesna, and maybe even a heart nod or two, but maybe next year man when they get more healthy you're gonna have the a new gm and barry trotz so i'm always gonna be you know kind of undercover nashville fan because they're just i love rooting for an underdog and they're always they're always an underdog so um i'm rooting for nashville in the future but yeah really just a sad end there but what a battle man there were sellers at the trade deadline and they just kept fighting making it close so gotta give them respect a much more um a season that you can kind of hang your hat on a little bit more a lot more than you could say for the calgary flames this is a season that we're just gonna try and bury six feet under and try and forget about and drink drink the pain away and stuff like that but yeah the west is set we still gotta wait for the east baby will it be the pittsburgh penguins or the new york islanders let me know who do you think's gonna get in man like I would. I kind of wanted to be Sidney Crosby just because the Islanders hockey is a little bit boring, but I think the Islanders have a better chance at eliminating the Bruins, but I don't think either team's going to do it. But in terms of entertainment, I would kind of like to see Sidney Crosby go after the Boston Bruins. I think that would be a lot of fun. But let me know what y'all think. I am out of here. We will be back on Saturday. Thank you so much for listening. Enjoy your week and enjoy the Toronto Maple Leafs. We are so freaking close to the playoffs. I can almost taste it.